This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And welcome to the latest edition of the Total Saints podcast. This is our weekly get-together to discuss all things relating to Southampton Football Club. As always, we're live streaming our podcast on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter and Twitch. So if you're watching along tonight, you can leave your comments and questions as we go. A massive thank you to our TSP patrons because we couldn't do any of this without you. You can visit patreon.com forward slash Total Saints podcast to find out more about getting involved. And thank you also to our sponsor for this week, NordVPN. NordVPN is great if you're looking to add extra layers of security to what you're doing online. You can protect yourself and your information whilst using public Wi-Fi on any device, and you can also use it to access streaming sites around the world. It's great if you've ever looked for a film on a certain platform and it's not there. Chances are it's going to be somewhere around the world, and NordVPN can give you access to all that and more. You can grab your exclusive deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash Total Saints to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus four months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can find the link in the show notes for the podcast and in our YouTube description. Now, coming up on this week's pod, what should we talk about? Uh, reports tonight that Saints have decided to sack manager Ralph Harsenhutl after a dismal 4-1 home defeat to Newcastle. We'll get straight into that with our panel. And there are two games before the World Cup break. James Mappin from the Wednesday Till I Die podcast is going to join us to preview the League Cup game against Sheffield Wednesday. And we'll look ahead to Liverpool away at the weekend. My name's Martin Stark and I'm joined this week by Steve Grant, the owner of Saints Web, Glenda LaCour, the writer of the blog League One Minus 10, and Alfie House, Southampton reporter for the Southern Daily Echo. All underpinned by our TSP patrons, this is episode 213 of the Total Saints podcast. Your home for everything Southampton FC. From dedicated Saints insight to exclusive interviews. Live on YouTube every Sunday and available to download wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Total Saints Podcast. 
So let's start with the big story, shall we? The Athletic are reporting tonight that Saints have decided to sack Ralph Hasenhutl as manager. It could be imminent, or they might wait until the winter break, as apparently they had planned to do. Alfie, it feels very much like even the sacking seems to be a bit of a mess. Are you able to, to clear this up for us? What are you hearing tonight? What's the latest? Where are we at? Yeah, certainly the indication I'm hearing is that he is going to be gone. Um, but again, whether that comes in the next week or after, we, we don't know. There's there's absolutely no clarity on that at the moment. I think um, you know the Athletic Report is the strongest one out there at the moment, certainly. But I think it's all, the lack of clarity for me is a metaphor for, for how it has gone in the last six months, in my opinion. When Ralph Hassan and Southampton were at their best, there was a very clear identity. They knew exactly how they wanted to play um, and they were able to, to, to instruct that and put that on the pitch. Now, the last six months have been going from result to result, trying to keep him in a job. That's what it feels like. He's been trying to get three points because if I don't, I'm going to be sacked or you know we're going to be further down the table. And that isn't conducive to, to managing a football club the right way. Um, I think it's a massive shame because I think that, you know, if we want to get into all the reasons straight away, I think that he has been hamstrung. Um, I think the finishing again was diabolical today and it has been for six or seven weeks and he's been let down. I mean, how many points have they missed because they can't hit the hit the, uh, hit the goal from six yards out? But then I also think he has to portion the blame. You know, you, you look at why is Joe Arrivo sat on the bench today? Fear Walcott, yeah, probably deserves his chance at some point, but are you going to put him up front against the best? Uh, you know, best defence in the division. What are you expecting from him? Joe Rebo's there, put one on the plate for Chadams last week. Chadams missed, but he still created. Um, you know, he sat on the bench. So um, I think that there are a lot of things that have led to this. But yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a mess. There's, a, there's no clarity at the moment. Um, and I think that there are going to have to be a lot of parties that take the blame. Glenn, after today's shambolic performance, was there any other option really? It looked like the players were just lost and, and confused at times. To be honest, before, we had the Bournemouth game, which kind of kept the wolf from the door, didn't it, for for a bit. But it, it's always the home games that kind of kill a manager eventually. This reminds me very much of the last days of Claude Puel, where we, we were playing home games and there was zero expectation of a, an entertaining performance or zero expectations of a goal, even. <laughs> and uh, it, it seemed a bit like that today. I don't think, if, if you analyse this game today in isolation I don't think it's the worst game we've had um we have created chances we've missed them again and Newcastle have scored four goals out of four basically so I think it's it is a harsh result but you you can't cling to this game in isolation because this is I've lost track of what the record is now it's something like four wins in In 26 26 that's so you know, that means you're only being successful about 15% of the time. Now, you know, if anyone in any job is only successful 15% of the time, they're going to go regardless of the mitigating factors. It's amazing given that, that he's lasted as long. I think, I think it's, um, I think it's, you know, it's quite a good thing that the club have, you know, given it every chance, but we, we've changed everything now. We've changed the players, changed the coaching staff. There's only one thing left to change. And, you know, it is it is time for that change to happen. I think it 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 worries me slightly, of course, as it always does. What 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 button they're going to press? What manager they're going to um they're going to look to get in? You know, this talk of Ruben Sellers take taking it on. And to me, that would be the Steve Wigley approach. That's the un that's the totally untried, totally unproven. He's a decent coach, but you know that worries that worries me slightly. But that's a name we've not heard for a while. Yeah, as <laughs> far as shiver, then <laughs> well, it was the last time we got relegated, wasn't it? Uh, this league, but um, but uh, yeah, I I I think it, I think it's just gone stale, and it and it's and his time is up, and it, there's there's always a 
you know, a last straw that breaks the camel's back. And I think today is probably it. Steve, what have you made of the, the the sorry state? Would you have done it after the final whistle, or would you would you wait a week? Would you give him the cup game? It just seems un, untenable now, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately, if you're if they've decided that that's what they're going to do, then they've just got to do it. I mean, this this idea that they might wait until after the Wednesday game or might wait after until after Liverpool that's nonsense. What's the point? You're not helping anybody there because all you're doing is giving giving this group of players who, let's be honest, I mean, as as we've as we've said, they deserve a portion of the blame themselves um, for the situation they find themselves in. All you're doing is giving these players two extra games to to throw in another rubbish performance um, because they can hide behind the excuse of well, the man the manager's a dead man walking. So no, I'm sorry. You if 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 that's the decision you've made, do it and do it now and get it done because. You've got a you've got to kind of take the opportunity to um, to get yourself back onto some sort of footing as soon as possible. Um, yeah, we've we've only got two games two games before the World Cup, but I mean the game on Wednesday is is against a team two divisions below us at home. I mean that's that's a game that that we should be should be looking to win very comfortably at the moment. I mean it looks like any game is a, is going to be a struggle. Um, doesn't matter who the opposition are, but maybe the manager going. Maybe it'll just jolt jolt a few players. It only needs two or three to who have who have been kind of coasting a little bit this season um, to suddenly jerk into action, and all of a sudden you've got a you've got a much better performing football team, and they can go and play against a League One side. Who I mean, I'm not even convinced Sheffield Wednesday will put out a, a first eleven on Wednesday because they've they've got bigger fish to fry. They want they want to get back in back into the Championship, so we should be playing against a kind of almost a second string um league one side so that's that's got to be a that's got to be a game that you target to to win with a with a bunch of players who have, who have finally got something to to prove to whoever it is that um the club is going to bring in instead glenn does it show a lack of respect by briefing journalists about these things and, and the story that that is breaking tonight because it's not come from the club per se but um it, you know it looks like it, it it's true and it's just a case of waiting to see it, it it's not a great way to go about it uh no and and yeah it does show a lack of respect but that's that's football isn't it i mean back it that's been happening for a long long time we had gordon strachan sat in the stand while stuart gray was still the manager i think is that right was that the right combination we you know we've We've had that sort of situation going on before, and it's always it's always been that way. But, but I don't, um, yeah, oh, I don't. When, when Gordon Strachan was sat in the stand, in, yeah, sort of in, yeah. in disguise, sort of with a with a yeah. hat on his head, trying to trying to hide hide the fact that he was watching watching us away at West Ham. So there's been it's, there's been various sort of disrespect down the years. It just seems to be the way it is these days. It goes out in the media first, as we. Um, you know, we talked about Joe Shields the other week, weren't we? It seems to be that the uh, the journalists get everywhere. So I, I'm not remotely surprised. And, and you know, we're led to believe that Ralph would not be alone in not reading any media, not listening to any media. So I I don't really think it's the uh, it's the it's the big that's the biggest deal in the world. But I would just like there to be some certainty on it. You know, as 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 Steve has said, you can't have this this silly halfway house where. Oh, we're going to sack you, but it might be this week. It might be next week. It's and just, and uh, what happens if we go to Anfield and win? Yeah, <laughs> and, we, and and they've not and they've not pulled the trigger, and we go there and somehow win win at yeah. Anfield. I mean, yeah. all of a sudden, then you sack him, and it looks ridiculous. Well, the manager who was there today at half time got sacked straight after a very credible draw at Chelsea. Um, Nigel mm, Atkins, yeah. weren't there? So. Yeah, you you can't look at individual games. You you've got to look at the the bigger picture. And 
regardless of the result today. And and even if we get if we do pull off a miracle result next week at Liverpool, it's it's, it's not the point. It's you know four wins out of twenty six. It's 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 time, and there's no there's no getting away from that. There's a, a couple of issues I just want to touch on. I know Alfie, you were talking to to Ralph this week about the the four year anniversary, and I don't know whether we were approaching this when you were approaching this as kind of you know it's it's an anniversary of your time at Southampton, but in a way it kind of ended up kind of reminiscing and looking back at what have you most been proud of? What was he? What was his take on the the four years, and how do you think he'll be best remembered? Because he he kind of I think, did he say he, he wished he'd won a something or won a few mm. more games? Yeah, I, you know what? I actually wasn't there. I've been on holiday for the last few days, and I'm on holiday for the next few weeks. So um, today at St Mary's was how I spend my time off because I'm a massacre. <laughs> dedication, but, folks. Yeah, um, Glut, but, uh, for punishment. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what he said though, and yeah, he so they were talking about the, the four years, and the, the one thing he said there was, "I'd have been more proud if we'd have won more." Um, and you're right. It, to me, it did sound very reflective. Um, you know, it did sound like a man who who probably knows that his time has come in. And I think Adam Blackmore has said all, all season that Sport Public had always planned to to assess his his. Uh, his his role his, his position when the you know the world break comes so i don't think him he he'll be surprised as anyone but you know no no manager in this day and age is going to resign because why would you throw away a seven figure severance mm. package immediately so it, it's always going to have to come from the club yeah and and i know glenn sort of touched on there about the the respect perhaps not being the most important thing but i do think he's done a, a decent job over four years and you know it, it is a shame to see this sort of thing drag out we we spoke about bournemouth that gave him, you know, the five-point week. So it wasn't just Bournemouth, it was West Ham, Arsenal as well. That gave him another couple of weeks. And then we see the same things again. And, then, you know, it's it's almost like you're sad to see it anymore. You're not even annoyed or frustrated anymore. You just sit there and think, ah. And today, that was the fourth goal today as well. Romain Perot's got a goal back. You know, um, you celebrate that a little bit. And then he goes straight up the end and, and smash another one in from outside the area and just think, why have you bothered? Like, you know, it was it was bad enough. Um, but, yeah, that's that's my thoughts. Yeah, and and tomorrow, presumably, if we get the announcement tomorrow, the players will come out and say, "Well, you know, we 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 let him down, and we need to try harder, and we need to shoulder some of the responsibility as they always do, Glenn." But in this case, <laughs> has he, you know, has he been let down by by the players? Is it the board that didn't support him with the you know the lack of striker again? Obvious today. There's there's plenty of people to blame. It feels maybe not all him, but no, it's not. It's not all him, and it, and it. It never is, but ultimately you're the guy in charge. You know, you're 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 given the tools that you're given by the club in terms of players, and you have to get a tune out of them. And that's why, I, you know, I'm not having anyone feeling sorry for any manager who gets sacked. They get they get paid a bloody fortune. <laughs> I mean, we're led to believe Ralph's on six and a half, seven million quid a year. So for that amount of money, I expect him to be doing better than what he's doing with with the players that he's got. But it. It, it is definitely, you know, it's it's multifaceted. If you want to, uh, if you want to, you want to look at the blame. But if you just look at Ralph individually, what what's frustrated me recently is that he just he had this one thing he was good at, you know, his the pressing football, and that was what he brought to the club. And we had some success with that. We had some disasters with it. He seems to have completely lost confidence in that, and he he doesn't seem to be good enough at any other coaching method there's there's no style in this team whatsoever and by throwing out the pressing football which he basically has done it's it's been like throwing the baby out with the bathwater we've 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 got rid of the things that we were good at and replaced them with with nothing much and we're, we're just an absolute nothing team at the moment we're not particularly good at defending we're absolutely garbage at attacking and it's it's only going one way and we are we are going to get relegated if we carry on the way we are we're going to get relegated that's 100 percent 
Um, even though the bottom half of the Premier League is full of rubbish teams, we're 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 quite comfortably one of the worst three out there at the moment. You know, this this is why the change has to be made. And but it, it's not just a lack of striker either. It, it's it's creativity. There's not much creativity in the team. And if we do create one or two chances a game, we don't have the clinical striker to, um, and we don't have anyone to magic anyone out of any, anything out of nowhere, which is what Amanda Brozier brought us last year and what Danny, Danny Ings brought Ings us. Well. Yeah. And yeah. Our, our attacking play is, is just, you know, I've been saying it's been going backwards since 2016 hmm. when sort of Pella and Mane left. And Danny Ings provided a bit of a spark and so did Brozier, but we, we're, we're nowhere. And yeah, it, they, they, there's lots of things to look at, but Ralph ultimately is the um, is is the man who's going to take is going to take the drop for it. Steve, do you think he'd be disappointed that he he didn't achieve more, or should he be proud of his supporters? Will say, well, actually, he kept the team in the Premier League with next to no investment. It was you know you got to sell before you can buy, uh, and that in a way shouldn't be underestimated. That that's quite an achievement. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think ultimately both of those statements are true. In that, yes, he should be proud that. Ultimately, we've not really come particularly close to going down under him. We've we've always looked like we we comfortably had our heads above water for the most part, and in and at some at sometimes we have looked like um, sort of genuine contenders for sort of outside European qualification. And the prop, I think, the frustrating thing is for for most people that even even that sort of base level of sort of I guess mediocrity or or so has actually not been kind of halfway between those those two points it's been sort of slightly lower down and I think if if we'd been in that sort of 12th 13th 14th bracket um for the for the for the most part with the obviously the the lack of sort of investment uh in the team up until before this summer um then I think everyone would, would be would be quite happy with with how everything had gone it, because I think ultimately fan I mean while you you obviously get sort of lunatic fringes of the um of the fan base at kind of both ends of the spectrum really who will always either be far too happy with the situation or far too far too angry about it and sort of not rationalize anything I think the vast majority are quite sort of accepting of kind of almost our place in the food chain if you like and realize that at the moment sort of for those probably three years or so, Ralph's had to deal with a lot of sort of outside stuff that's been completely beyond his control. And he's had to manage just with whatever he's been given. This this season, obviously, things have been a little bit different. We've been able to spend some money without selling off any, any of our best players. I mean, largely because our best players nobody wants. Um, but um, <laughs> but we've, we've at least been able to attack this summer with a, with a, with a sort of, theory of right okay we this is the sort of player we want and this is what we're gonna this is who we're gonna go out and get and we went and signed six seven uh, players who have all contributed in the first team to varying degrees the one thing we he's not been given is the center forward which is the guy who was probably going to cost us 30 million quid in one go i mean it sounds as if we had the money and we were willing to spend that money on on gakpo from psv um, for various reasons that didn't that didn't go through at, at the end, and we we left ourselves with no time to find en- find a replacement. Whether that was somebody's fault, I don't know. I don't I don't know where, whether we had other other players in mind for a similar of a similar sort of similar type of striker, uh, someone who who we had alternative options for, but basically whoever we whoever we approached, all of their clubs were were sort of batting us back and and saying nope, not interested at, at the moment. Problem is, you've got the World the World Cup coming up in 
in two weeks time now where you had so many clubs who were basically waiting and wanted to hold on to their players because you always have that uplift in player values. If, if, if someone goes to the world cup and has two good games, all of a sudden they're worth 10 million quid more. And that's, and that's important to club, particularly clubs in like in the Eredivisie where every club has the same sort of financial um, ethos that kind of we've had over the, over the years, whereby you have to kind of pick off players from lower down the food chain, nurture them and then sell them at a higher price. Like the entire area is, is is like that. And and so that understandably they wanted to keep up with their players. And and it's yeah, I mean Ralph's Ralph's had his had his hand tied his time behind his back to an extent. The players that we've got already in in the door haven't scored just simply haven't scored enough goals. And it's not it's not been for lack of creating chances we've, we've had chances I mean I think we had what two games two or three games where we looked particularly hopeless in front of goal like Villa away was absolute garbage obviously and the the games around that were were particularly bad but other than that we've created chances and it's been defensively where we've where we've been lacking and part of it has been because we because we've not been clinical up top if we if we take our chances then all of a sudden the opposition doesn't have that that kind of belief that they can come and attack us. They, they've then got to be looking, looking sort of at the back door and making sure they don't leave, leave things open for us. And it's been, yeah, I mean, let's be honest. It's been, it's been a frustrating few years of highs and lows and weirdly not an awful lot of sort of mundane sort of stuff in, in between really. We're going to get to some of your comments as well in just a moment. Um, I want to talk about the personnel from today and, and kind of how we move forward, because it is one way or another going to be a busy week. Alfie, just the final word on Ralph. Can I just, in your um, your understanding, if if the manager goes, it will just be the manager and not the team that they've assembled in the summer, do you think? Or is there still the chance that a new guy might come in and go, actually, do you know what? I want to bring my own assistant goalkeeping coach and, and so on. I think the chances are that whoever comes in will bring in one or two of their own people, but the plan certainly seems like Ruben Sellers you know, will stay. Carl Martin is part of the furniture, he will stay. Um, so by and large, it will remain the group. You, The only one that you perhaps look at, and I'm not 100% sure, but maybe Richard Kitzbickler will, will leave with Ralph. He is one of his men, uh, potentially, if that happens. But one thing that I wanted to quickly sort of mention is that I think this whole recruitment saga that Steve was talking about there, um, the recruitment saga, I think it would die with Ralph, unfortunately. I don't know if we'll ever find out exactly why they didn't get the striker in or if there's anything more to it. Because when Ralph was asked about Joe Shields, when Joe Shields' departure was confirmed, he was very quick to um, sort of diminish any influence he had. And, you know, he, he seemed like he was pretty unsatisfied with his work. And I just wonder if, you know, have they been sort of dealt a, dealt a duff hand there with, with somebody who perhaps couldn't actually um, deliver on what, what he had to deliver on? Maybe but we won't keep... find out about that. There'll be lengthy analyses of Hasnell's time. Um, and you know, maybe we'll never hear about why those you know, that didn't happen in the final few weeks of the window. I wonder if they keep him on as uh, recruitment. Let's move on to the game on uh, Wednesday. First match against Sheffield Wednesday in 10 years. Uh, I think we last played in the third round of the League Cup back in 2012. To tell us a bit more about Sheffield Wednesday and what we can expect from that game, um, I'm pleased to say that James Mappin's joining us from the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. Um, James, welcome to the the happy shit that is the Total Saints podcast. Um, <laughs> you've been sat very patiently uh, listening to us get a few things off our chest um, this evening. You're doing all right. Third in League One, decent start to the season. How how's things going up your way? Yeah, it's been good to be fair. Um, I mean, although if you speak to some other Wednesday fans, you'll think that we're having a relegation battle. It's been that you know that sort of season where you know we just desperately want to get out of this league. You know, where obviously you've been down there with us as well. I think I think the game the game before you ju- that you just mentioned was actually in League One. 
uh, as well the the time before that we met. Yeah, it's it's been a great start. You know, scoring loads of goals as well. Um, we haven't got you know one prolific striker, but we've you know I think we've had 12, 13 different goal scorers so far this season already. Yeah, it's great to go to Hillsborough. You know, we're scoring loads of points, and yeah, it's it's one of those ones where we we've had it rough like in the re- in the recent years last year wasn't too bad obviously got to the playoff semi-final kind of faltered at the final hurdle but you know the years before that it's been dreadful you know since we didn't get to the premier league in the in the championship playoffs uh yeah it's been it's been awful and thankfully there was uh you know you couldn't go to the matches during, during covid because we were terrible at that point so they, <laughs> they you know to go be going to over it and actually winning games for for once and a solid win in the fa cup at the weekend too yeah, it were uh, routine, pretty boring, really. I went on Friday night. It was, you know, only half the ground was open, uh, no real atmosphere. But you know, Morecambe, we kind of just dispatched them fairly, fairly comfortably in the end. It didn't really pose any real threat. Um, it's funny we'll probably get onto it, but you know, you look, you know, obviously this game's in the cup. We're, we're through to the second round of the of the FA Cup, but in reality, we just want to. Uh, win League One or, or come second, ideally. Well, that, that was going to be my next question because you talk about Premier League teams and then concentrating on Europe or staying in the division in our case as it's going to be. Is it a priority for you or is it about just concentrating on the league and, and actually, you know, if you can get a good result uh, here or there, then, you know, happy days? No, it's, it's not a priority at all, really. It all comes down to money, doesn't it, really? Like, to get for us to get into the Championship, it you know, it's it's still a massive boost. It's not the, the same boost as from going from the Championship to the Premier League, of course, but it's, I think it's like £10 million in, in TV rights uh, alone uh, that you that obviously you can that you can pick up. I know obviously a good cup run also has prize money to it and things like that, but, you know, really we need to focus on the, on the league. Having said that, you want that momentum to carry on and, and Darren Moore likes to rotate his side. I mean, we made five changes for the, for the game for the league game before we made another five changes for the game on Friday against uh, against Morecambe you know uh, that's not uncommon for Darren Moore to, to make that many changes and we have got a lot of strength in depth so even though we can play a rotated side it's still not too far from I mean, we don't really have a best 11 quote unquote you know and, and, uh, it's a bit of a cliche not the way uh, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the club <laughs> you know, who, who, sh- who should we look out for on, on Wednesday who's going to cause the damage to our fragile back four well if, it, if he's playing Barry Bannon um, I don't know whether he's going to play or not I would have thought he would uh, to be perfectly honest everyone knows about Barry Bannon he's a bit of a cheat code in uh, in this league I think he's you know, he could play well well up in the championship to be fair you know the, his creativity sometimes he's, he's, he's too good I know that sounds really the you know th- weird thing to say but you know he's picking out a pass that that other players can't see and uh you know but you know he's picking he's been scoring goals he's got four goals three three or four goals already this season uh the same number of assists as well yeah he's he's definitely the uh the one to look out for uh another one to, uh, if he does play Fazeo Delabashiri we got him from Man City uh, a couple of seasons back he's only I think he's 21 22 years old he's still only young but he's got pace and power in abundance um he doesn't always start uh, for us in the league, but I would have thought it would be uh, it would be playing on uh, on Wednesday night. And yeah, if he he's a real box to box midfielder, he's got no fear. He'll just he'll just run and run at you. And uh, I don't know if you've seen the goals from the uh, from the Rochdale game in the round before, but he uh, yeah absolute thunderbuster from about 25, 30 yards. So he's he's got that in his uh, in his arsenal as well. You're going to bring a few down. Is it going to be a good atmosphere? 
Should be, yeah. I'm, I'm not going, um, but there should be. I, I don't know what the official number of tickets is that we've sold, but I'm, I think we've asked for more, more tickets than what you've uh, initially gave us. So, yeah, we always travel well. The thing is, in in League One, the, the allocations you get are a bit measly, a bit rubbish. You know, fifty yeah. tickets and things like that. We we could sell that two, three times over. Just to sh- I, mean, I must admit, when the draw came out and it was Southampton away. On a Wednesday night. On a Wednesday night, there was a lot of groaning. You know, it was like, oh, really? Like, <laughs> it's such a long, it's such a long trip. I mean, I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're used to having long trips every 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 week or so. But, but no, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be a good game. Uh, it just depends on what team we're gonna put out. You know, I, I'm not sure what, uh, I'm not sure what team, you know, we're gonna put out. I'm not sure what team you're gonna put out. But it'll be, uh, it'll be a good game nonetheless. Just like, a lot of unknowns, a lot of unknowns, I think. Just being sure we've got 250 tickets left for us. I don't know how many you've given us, but there's, uh, we've only got 250 tickets left. So Should be a good night. Should be a good night. Uh, nice one. Thanks for joining us, James. Really appreciate that. It's good to get a little insight ahead of the game. So uh, all, all the best with the rest of the season too. Guys, thank you. Thanks, James. Glenn, it's going to be interesting, you know, how do we approach this one on, on, on Wednesday? Because I was thinking about it today. You think, you know, some of the players need a bit of a rest, but actually, you know, do we just go full strength on this? Because there's the break just around the corner, isn't it? There? There's only two games to go and then they've got a bit of time off. Yeah, I mean, there there are some obvious players that will come in, like I'm sure Lianco will play and there'll be, you know, Sekumara, I'm sure he'll play. But, you know, we've only really sort of, uh, Musa Gineppo probably, we've only we've probably only got sort of like 18 players that we sort of rotate around the first team and the bench. So the, obviously there are some that are, uh, that are more used to being bench warmers, Alex McCarthy as well. So I imagine they'll be in, but it, it'll be a half and half, I'd have thought. There'll be, yeah, you know, there'll be, there'll be, a couple of academy lads in there. I'm sure Lewis Payne will probably start, given that we're... Well, we've got yeah. no other right back, have yeah, we? So that, that makes sense, I think. <laughs> you can probably yeah. play, mate, if you've got your boots. <laughs> yeah, we, we're yet another right back down. So, um, so yeah, it'll, it'll be mix and match from us, I'm sure. We won't go as... Um, well, gee, we, we were quite mix and match against Cambridge, weren't we? It wasn't uh, like a weak side. From what I remember, we had all the strikers playing, didn't we? The main the, mm. the sort of main forward players. So, no, I mean, I think it's 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 a competition that should be taken seriously. Let's face it, it's the only one we've got a remote chance of winning. So we may as well make sure that we um, we go into it and take it seriously. Um, I, I don't anticipate or want to see us playing a bunch of 18-year-olds, you know, as in, <laughs> I know we're, we're very young side anyway, but I, I don't want to see us playing, you know, six or seven debutants from the... Um, from the uh, from the B team and whatnot. Yeah, squad, so, squad, num- squad numbers of 60 and 70 above and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, so. I guess Alfie, it comes down to who's in charge, who's picking the team, and mm. and what happens in the next twenty four hours. Because there's a fair chance that everything that we're discussing now kind of goes out the window if if he's still here or if someone else comes in. It's it's just all a bit up in the air. But it, it yeah, seems definitely. like this this would have been the game to start Theo Walcott, maybe, and not today. Hmm. Perhaps. Yeah, you'd have had Joe Rebo up front and Theo Walcott <laughs> possibly. I mean, Joe Rebo probably start again on Wednesday, another one. But I think yeah, it definitely does depend because if it's Ralph, he knows that. You know, I don't actually. I don't know what the mentality of Ralph would be if he's still there. You know, would he really care what the the result is that much? I mean, of course, he's a passionate man. He, he loves the the club and whatnot. But I mean, he'd probably be more up for starting some younger players because that's what he always likes to do. If it's someone like Sellers or, or someone else in charge, then you think that they want to just get the result. 
you know, if it's their first game in management, they'll just want the result and they'll put a strong team out. I know that the under-18s had an important game at the weekend and a couple of the B-team players played for them and therefore haven't gone to Sunderland. They're currently on the coach to Sunderland at the moment and they're playing tomorrow night. So I think Lewis Payne is probably among them and probably is playing tomorrow. And whether that means he does start on Wednesday or not, you know, I don't know. But I know that Cammy Doyle probably won't be there. Don Ballard won't be there. In Sunderland, so whether they come into the squad Wednesday is they're fresh, you know, who knows? But yeah, I think I agree with Glenn. You've got to try, you've got to just win the game. Although nobody really wants that game before Christmas Day, that 21st of December third round Carabao Cup match. Nobody really wants that, but I think it would be a good one for just getting getting minutes back into the legs. So you, you probably do need to have it. And yeah, I mean, um, I think that I think that ra- that round of games would serve. I mean, depending on the draw, obviously, I think that that would serve um, immense help for a new manager in terms mm. of preparation for Boxing Day. Because I mean, no, nobody else is going to be having a competitive game mm. other than other than obviously the teams that are still in still it's in really the Carabao Cup. It's like the Charity um, Shield. Yeah, I mean, almost. Yeah, I mean, it's mm. it's a yeah, it's a competitive game. Um, literally the week before the season starts, so it's perfect for getting getting players back up to speed. When I mean, there. are Obviously, some can be some teams. I think what there's seven or eight all Premier League ties, so obviously half of, half of those half of the teams that were drawn into those into those ties won't be through. You can imagine that a lot of the top teams will put out proper reserve sides because they literally won't have the players because players will still be still be in Qatar. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a huge, huge opportunity for on Wednesday to basically give us that that preparation game. If 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 nothing else, other than um, if if you really want to say, well, we don't we don't really um, care at all about the Carabao Cup, fine, but. To win it on win this game on Wednesday gives you that um, that build up game for um, for when the Premier League restarts. Just another couple of bits from today, and just going through some of the comments as well. Glenn Ed says uh, no excuses now. You know, presumably talking about the new manager coming in. James Ward Prowse doesn't even get in that team for me now. Brings nothing to the midfield except backwards and sideways. Um, Southgate was there today as well. Watching, he, he wasn't watching any of our players, was he? That's for sure. Um, <laughs> it, it, I mean, I mean, he'd, I mean have, he'd have been he'd have been terrified by that Trippier uh, hamstring before <laughs> half time, wouldn't he? Given the complete lack of fullbacks that England seems to have all of a sudden. He looked a bit nervous. Just to take Ed's point there, Glenn, is is it kind of like a reset for everybody, draw a line under it and, and, and start again now? Oh, it always is when a manager changes. Yeah, that's because players who are not favoured by the, the new manager, by the current manager, suddenly feel they've got they've got a chance. A new manager may want to set up his team in a completely different way. He may want a lunatic like Lianco playing every game because he you know he just thinks that adds a certain something to the team that that is not there otherwise so yeah it's it's definitely a, a reset for everybody and you, you know then you're looking for for players to to sort of put their hand up and um and there will obviously be some who play every week now who are just not going to be fancy by a new guy i mean I, it was um it was quite interesting on the radio the name Sean Deitch came up which is funny <laughs> for all sorts of reasons but you you're thinking he's 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 not going to pick a 5 5 foot 5 fullback is he you know so so straight away that's just one example hopefully a silly example but it's it's a, a manager who has a style who has a certain way he wants to play who is not going to go down the same route that um that Ralph went down so uh, so yeah it is a fresh start and surely that's that's the whole point you 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 want to get away from what you've been doing for the last however long it's not been going very well and uh, you want it to be a fresh start for everyone 
And uh, Steve Matt says, trying to find a positive. There's only three points between us, and we think about twelve, so we're not cut adrift yet. So I mean, as, this, this is it. I mean, there's, every every game has every game has felt like, oh, if we if we can just just get this win, all of a sudden we'd have been twelfth or thirteenth, and you you kind of think, okay, well that's that's maybe the kick that's gonna that's gonna kind of get us up get us off on one of those good runs that that. I mean, we've we've had plenty of those good runs un, under Ralph, but it seems that the ability to kind of coax those out of the out of the teams just just vanished now. And um, just Alfie, a few comments about uh, like player unrest and and stuff like that. The stories that have been coming out in the press over the last few weeks, months, maybe since the summer. Would you just put that down to to agents and people not being in in teams? Do we read too much into that? Is that that people that are not in the squad? Yeah, look. As I always, as I always say about these kind of reports and rumours, there's it's a, a squad of twenty to twenty-five uh, adult men. Um, yeah, they don't all get along, of course. You know, you have to be stupid to think they do. Um, some of them are not playing, so why would they be happy? Some agents are very busy. You know, it's not to say that these things aren't true. It's just they're not true for every single player in the squad. There's no reason for Joe Reba, well, until today, to be unhappy with Ralph. There's no reason for Juan Larry or Sam Adozi to be unhappy. Although people say, oh, get Adozi in the first team, you know, they're, they're delighted to be where they are. Of course, some of the players are, you know, are going to be unhappy. And I think the Nathan Redmond article that came out on The Athletic, I don't know who wrote it, apologies, was very interesting, very insightful. And he spoke about how, you know, his relationship with Ralph was was brilliant at the best of times and, you know, really not very good at the worst of times. And that, that's football, isn't it? Um, you People have motivations. We've spoken about um, how well certain articles do and you know, how many hits they get. And it's all about that sometimes. So you've got to take everything with a pinch of salt. It doesn't mean that things aren't true, but it's just it's one person's view or, or several people's view. Uh, thanks for, for clearing up. I think that's some, that's some really valid points there. Liverpool, <laughs> hurrah, on uh, the 12th of November. It'll be the last game before the, the World Cup break. Glenn, we lost 2-1 last season, but that was in May when we were kind of like dialing it all in and we lost every game, I think, um, mm. for the last. Uh, what are you expecting from, from Saturday? I guess just a, a decent performance to end the, the first half of the season. Liverpool have been a right mixed bag this season, as everybody knows, but they, they do seem to have turned a bit of a corner the last sort of couple of weeks. It's a really interesting game because of the World Cup. Um, we've already seen players getting injured before the World Cup. So personally, if I was in charge for this game, I'd pick every player we've got who's not going to the World Cup and just send them out to absolutely smash into Liverpool's players from the start just to see how much they see how much they fancy it. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being funny about it, but I'm deadly serious. You pick Lianco in that game and you just, you know, you maybe leave out Kalezar or um, Salasu. You play Lianco in that game and you just, you know, you, you go into it like it's the most important game in the world and you Liverpool, virtually every player will be going to the World Cup. So you see how much they fancy it. So that might give us a, a slight edge. If Liverpool play well, they'll beat us. It's as simple as that. So we've got to give ourselves the best chance by not, you know, trying to shake them out of their their stride a little bit. And and the way to do that is is old fashioned, but you know we got we've got to get stuck right into them and and um, and and test them out. There's a chance that Liverpool don't fire, but if we sit back and be passive, then they'll beat us. It's it's as simple as that. And we've had a tendency to do that in the last few away games. So I'm not expecting much, um, but as we've said about the the game on Wednesday, it could all be it could all be very different, and it's therefore in sort of impossible to predict. You can you can predict what would happen if if Ralph was still there, and if and if Ralph is still here, then it will be a very sort of strange performance 
or a strange sort of build-up, and I, I will not be expecting anything from that game whatsoever. New manager, bit bit of optimism. Who knows? Um, Steve, if we do get a, a new manager or somebody else picking the team on, on that Saturday, we're still going to have the same strikers. We're still going to have the same <laughs> defensive partnerships. Uh, I think they were described as defending like under 10s by Jamie Redknapp today. So so whoever is picking that team is still going to have quite the job to, to try and get something from Anfield. Yeah, I mean, Redknapp's a fine one to talk given his uh, non-performances <laughs> non, non in 2005. He can absolutely do one. But, um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the squad that we have is still the squad that we have, and it's not going to change regardless of who's picking the team. Um, you've still got the same problems that our strikers just don't convert enough of, enough of the chances that we've created. And we have, and as I said before, we've we've created a lot of chances for these strikers in, certainly, in, in, I mean, even just in recent weeks, to have got a lot more points on the board. And I don't, yeah, I don't see how that changes um, with, a, with a new person, with a new guy sort of picking picking the, the line-up and, and sort of drawing the tactics on on the whiteboard um that still comes down to individual individual ability and individual accountability those two things that unfortunately our our strikers have been sorely lacking this season and i mean yeah i mean as as we say that that doesn't that doesn't change with a change in the hot seat unfortunately just to bring it back around to to where we started from alfie um i'm trying to think of some positives from today and the game it, it did feel like newcastle didn't really have to try to, to to beat us and get out of second gear, but possession wise, in terms of shots on target, it, it looked a bit more even perhaps than than the score suggested. Yeah, I don't think the performance was truly awful. If I'm being 100 honest, I really don't. I think it's the finishing again. Um, but I've said that on a number of occasions. Uh, I think Crystal Palace's second half was fine as well, but the finishing was woeful. Um, I can't remember what game happened before that. Arsenal was decent. Bournemouth was decent. West Ham was decent. Uh, before that, was it? Who knows what it was. But I think, you know, I don't actually think they've been truly awful at times. And uh, I, I just fear that, as Steve said, you've got the same strikers up front and nobody's got any confidence. Uh, yeah, Liverpool are a good side. You, don't, you can't really go into that game expecting to get a result, can you? Because if they turn up, you don't. You hope that they have an off day and then, you know, maybe Chadams can can put one of his chances away. Um, you've got... Our Mel Bellacott chap coming back today was probably a little bit rough for him because he's been out for a while. Romeo Lavia, you know, probably wasn't ideal for him to have to play 60 minutes, but they've got a full week under their belts now. Um, and, you know, maybe he thinks a little better. And I thought Maitland-Niles, uh, right back, is, you know, he needs more time to to learn and stuff. So a week more, you know, let's see. I'm not particularly hopeful, but then I won't be too despondent if they don't get a result. All right. I thought, Ro- I thought Roman Perot was really good today. Mm. I thought he yep. was our best. I thought he was our best player by a long way. Not just really not just the goal, well. but he's just got he's got intent. Mm. You know, he he really you know, be it defending or attacking, he's got the intent and the intensity that a lot of the players seem to lack. And um, I think he had most of our shots today as well. He certainly had a he scored and he second he top scorer is he in the league? He had, an, he had another one on target in the first half, and he had a hilarious one in the last minute where he tried to <laughs> score goal of the season. With a right-footed volley, but no one else was trying, so you can't begrudge no, him that. Okay, no, absolutely not. But I, I thought he he had an excellent performance today, and I thought Sam Adozi looked half decent when he came yeah. on as well. It probably won't surprise you if I say nobody got the score right today. Uh, I think I said three one. So in the fourth one went in, I was a bit like, oh, great, okay. Um, producer Alex currently leading Glenn and Alfie by one point in our little predictions league that we do. Uh, if you're watching along live, by all means, stick your predictions for the Liverpool game uh, into the comments section. Glenn, I'm going to start with you for this one. Um, oh, do you want to put something on the table for Liverpool? Um, three nil to Liverpool. <sighs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Are you going the same, Alfie? I'm not going to now because he said it, but I'll go 2-0. Two 2-0. Nil. Two nil. Uh, Steve, talk me through this one. What do you reckon? Um, yeah, I mean, I think we'll lose. I'll go 3-1. I think uh, I think Trey Adams will... It'll be balance of probabilities. He's had so many shots where he's not scored <laughs> that eventually one's going to have to go in. Um, so, yeah, we'll go with that. I think new manager maybe coming in. I'm just going to go with the 1-0 defeat, um, but we'll be happy with that. And before we finish, I just want to chat um, with the three of you about the the statement that was issued by Saints this week about the away fans sitting with the home supporters at St. Mary's. It's something that we've spoken about at quite length. Um, how was it? I mean, you were there today, Glenn. How was yes. um, when when that f- third or fourth goal went in? Was there people in black and white shirts jumping up around you? Or did, did it seem no, a bit well, better today? I'm, I'm probably the wrong person to ask because I sit in the family stand, so I don't think, you know, away fans will be buying tickets in there. I to, So to be honest, I don't know. I mean, I, I obviously can see up the other end of the ground and I didn't see sort of like loads of people jumping up and down. So can't really say. I, I think it's interesting now, though, that it is at least being recognised as a problem because since the since the block one closure, everyone has been speaking up about and, and highlighting sort of, you know, Twitter posts and whatnot to the club with his people gloating that there's going to be 50 whatever team fans in the home end and all that sort of stuff. Um, it seems to be a problem. It seems to be a wider problem in football as well, because apparently there was a there was a load of Arsenal in the Chelsea end today as well. I saw reports of that. So uh, so it does seem to be a problem with um, with football clubs being happy to sell to whoever the hell they can get 40 quid a ticket from so uh but i don't really i don't really i can't really comment on to whether it was um really noticeable today got a few comments from people watching along to say there were the loads by them but um alfie the club seemed to be taking it quite seriously if they're releasing statements and and i think you guys ran the story earlier in the week about the the numbers that have been ejected from the ground yeah well you know since uh august we've sort of wanted to get some clarity on it because we keep hearing about it so our editor ben fishwicker has met with um with toby Steele on, on occasion that was one of the things that he he really tried to have a chat with him was about the the fan disorder because you know as a local paper we we pushed their statements um warning fans and stuff like that and so we wanted to get something in return and they've addressed that you know conveniently the, the, the minute uh meeting minutes rather came out on the same day that we were issued the statement which of course makes total sense of course i'm taking this seriously i completely agree with them i think that you can't really stop people away fans buying the tickets i don't think anyone has an issue with that really i don't think anyone has an issue with the away fans buying the tickets because you can't say no new supporters can come to a home game you know you don't sell out 32,000 every week anyway so you can't do that mm. but what you can do is then take action when they're easily identifiable when they've got newcastle shirts on in their home end or or when they're causing their scraps and that's when you can take action i've had a couple um, I've seen a couple of people saying that it was still an issue today and, you know, it needs to be resolved, doesn't it? You you have to be able to have confidence in your stewards that they're going to take action if you see them and that you have to get rid of them. But look, you're absolutely right. They've they've acknowledged it, which was the first step. So hopefully they continue to to work on that. It's not a problem that's going to go away anytime soon, though, is it, Steve? It's, it's going to rumble on. No, of course it's not. and it's But it's something that the club's got to be constantly monitoring and they've taken their eye off the ball um, for so long now that they're they're basically playing catch up. Um, they're scrambling around because I think ultimately they know that they've they've let their own fans down by by allowing this situation to permeate for so long, and it's got home fans um, just so fed up with the situation that it seems like for, for game upon game you find away fans acquiring tickets in the home end whether they've got it um, legitimately through like general sale or they've got a previous purchase history or or whatever or they've acquired a ticket through 
like a season ticket holder who's a friend who's not going to the game. They've just said, here you go, you, you, you can use my ticket for this game. But the, club, the club's got to, got to get themselves sorted. At the end of the day, they, they set the ground regulations and their own gra- ground regulations say that, that no away fans are allowed in the home sections. And if they're saying, if, if that is in the ground regulations, then they've got, they've got to act on it. And the, the, the problem is that, the, I mean, there na- seems to be a nationwide shortage of stewards and security staff. Um, for whatever reason, no, no idea why. But at the end of the day, the, like stewards don't get paid enough to deal with, to deal with this sort of mm. nonsense. Sure, they, they've got to do something. I don't. Ultimately, I don't know what the what the the ultimate answer is. But they've got. It's got to be a. It's got to be something they do consistently. Um, you can't just say you can't just have a a sort of two or three game blitz where they're really proactive about it and they and they get everything sorted. So then kind of the whole argument dies down a little bit and then three weeks later it then all um starts back up again so when we have a have a game against a big against big opposition it's got to be something they that they put in put in place and they act upon strongly and they keep on doing it and it's got to be a week by week basis and they they can't they can't hide behind oh we um we can't afford to get enough staff in nonsense you you're you're a hundred hundred and fifty million pound business um, you're paying you're paying players a hundred thousand pounds a week. You can't you can't possibly um, say with a straight face that you cannot afford um, to hire enough um, enough staff who are willing and most importantly capable of um, of proper crowd control. It's ridiculous. There might be a few more on Wednesday if the uh, away end sells out. It sounds like it's 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 going well <laughs> for them. So um, we'll keep an eye on that. Thanks, Steve. I just want to finish with um, a bit about the women's team. I promised that I'd mention the women's team up to third in the championship after today's result. And I think, was it Katie Wilkinson scoring a hat-trick midweek mm. against Coventry? Another great result for the women on a Wednesday night. I think over 2,000 at St. Mary's again. Um, it's Blackburn Rovers up next. They've got a coach running from the club. And we're going to put some of the, um, some of the information in the comments section anyway. So... Uh, you can have a little uh, catch up with that. Thank you. We've covered so much tonight. That is pretty much it. Of course, you can keep the comments coming in. You can keep the emails coming in. It feels like it's going to be quite a, a busy week uh, and maybe quite a, a, a turning point, perhaps, for the club. You can follow us, Total Saints Podcast, on Facebook and Twitter. Just have a search for at Total Saints Pod on the website totalsaints.co.uk there's a link on there to our online shop which we call the total saints icons and that's where you can also email us so uh, any other questions or comments about the things that happened in the week do get in touch because we'd love to hear from you we're also on patreon that's where you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution it's patreon.com forward slash total saints podcast we've got four different tiers on there ranging from five pounds to 20 pounds a month each one comes with their own perks including weekly shout outs for those patrons in our francis benali and our mick shannon tier uh, so on that note, thanks to Dave Melton, Mark Atkins and Matt Hall in the Francis Benali tier. And also to Colt Baker, Dave Ernsberger, Ed Busy, Nick Higston, Phil Cook, Matt Rose and Nick Reed in our Mick Shannon tier. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Alfie. Uh, have a great week. Thank you for listening. And we'll catch up again next weekend. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 
24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.